What's up, gentle listeners, and thank you so much for tuning in for another BGN Radio Special. I am your host, Rachel Prevet, and this podcast is brought to you by SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation. As you guys can see, I am joined by a very special guest on today's episode, a sports analyst, a podcast host. He's also a former defensive lineman for the Philadelphia Eagles, Mike Golick Sr. What's up, Mike? Happy belated birthday. How did you spend your birthday? Uh, you know, at this age, and I turned 60, um, just kind of happy to be up, you know, <laughs> there's there, there's not a whole lot. When when you get to the point where each candle you put on the cake represents a decade, you know, you're getting up there because if you try and put 60 candles on a cake, it becomes a fire hazard. So we just went with six and multiplied by 10 for each candle. I like that. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> but how, how are you doing today? Uh, thank you for taking the time to join me. I appreciate it. All good. Everything is great. You know, busy time of season with uh, all the major sports except baseball going on. Plus, you got the World Cup in there as well. So it's uh, it's pretty busy, pretty active. Yeah. And this is a great time for the 12 and one Philadelphia Eagles best team in the league right now. And they are so much fun to watch. What are just your general thoughts on this team? Well, uh, they are the best team in, uh, in, in the league right now. I, I think the best thing to say about them is their balance. And, and then that's what you need. So you don't have to count on just one or two things. And if those things aren't there, you're in a lot of trouble. You have a lot of other areas that can pick each other up. You know, one game they rush for over 360 yards. Another game they pass for over 350 yards. Their defense is playing well. So, you know, right now they're hitting it on all cylinders. So that's why they're the best team in football. Jalen Hurts is right there. He and Mahomes, as far as the MVP is concerned. But the strides that Jalen has made has been very, very impressive. And we're going to get into that. I'm going to ask you some more questions about just the Eagles, Jalen Hurst being MVP candidate later on in the show. But before we even get into that, I have to mention that you are a gridiron great ambassador. So can you tell us a little bit more about what you have going on with Coach Ditka's charity? Well, you know, the gridiron greats, I've been on the board member for them for a while right now. And you know, this this has to do with players that played <clears throat> certainly in my era in the 80s and 90s, but, but way before that as well. Those players just don't have it as well as the players of today post-career, you know, as far as opportunities or money they have made and such. So, you know, they, they can be hurting as far as just everyday things, going to the doctor's office, getting transportation somewhere, their mortgage payments. And what the greater and greats, uh, what, what we try and do is help them. And we're very happy Southern Recipe Small Batch has jumped in to help out. It's Pork Rind Appreciation Day on actually on Super Bowl Sunday. So if everybody goes to porkrindappreciationday.com, what they're doing is they're trading snacks for sacks. You pick a team that you think is going to get a lot of sacks. And each week, one randomly selected entry is going to win a case of pork rinds uh, for every sack that team gets. The grand prize is $5,000 and a year's supply of pork rinds. And again, portion of that money going to the Gritter and Greats Assistance Fund. So we can help some of those former players. You know, I, I spent my career when a teammate is down, you put a hand down to help them up. Or when I'm on the ground, someone helps me up. And that's that's basically what we're trying to do. There are some guys that are down, need a little bit of help, and we want to we want to pick them up off the ground. So that's what Gritter and Greats is all about. And again, uh, Southern Recipe Small Batch has been great with jumping in with us to help raise money to help some of these players. I love that so much. And so gentle listeners out there, if you're listening, make sure you head to that website and check it out and support them. That means so much. Um, You touched on the campaign is focusing on sacks. 
the Philadelphia Eagles currently this season, they have 49 sacks. Yep. So the uh, pass rush has been really phenomenal. Um, what's just your evaluation on what you've seen from the pass rush up until this point? Well, I, I think the big thing for them has been the number of people getting different sacks. I think they're at, <clears throat> are they at five or six different players with like over five sacks or right in that area there. So the, the great thing about that is you can't concentrate on one person. You don't say, okay, if we game plan this guy, if we double him, if we chip him with a back or a tight end, we can slow down their pass rush. Well, they have multiple players with multiple sacks. So you slow down one or you concentrate on one, they have others that can beat you. They obviously knew they had a little bit of a hole as far as the rush defense for a while. So you bring in a Linville Joseph, you bring in an Indomitian Sioux because Jordan Davis had been nicked up and hurt because he's a mountain of a man in the middle there. And, and he's he's starting to get healthy. So, you know, they they Howie Roseman and the, the whole Eagle staff, you could tell they're going for it. You know, it's kind of like the Rams last year. They trade for Von Miller, you know, and, and get players during the season to really kind of go for it. And it paid off for them. And that's where Philly is right now. It's like, hey, let's pull out all the stops so we can get where we want to be. And that's back in the Super Bowl and winning it. Yes. Let's zoom out just a little bit. So looking at the well, let's look at the NFC. Are there any teams who you think the Eagles should be worried about when it comes to finishing in the uh, conference? Oh, sure. I mean, listen, that's the one thing about football is you never know on any Sunday. Look at last week, Houston, who's going to get the first pick in the draft. They almost beat the Cowboys, who had been playing incredibly well since Dak Prescott had come back. So every Sunday can be can be a tough one for you. Um, so I look at Dallas, um, San Francisco, even without Jimmy Garoppolo, who they yeah. may get back during the playoffs. Debo Samuel hurt an ankle. They thought it was going to be much worse. He may be back sometime soon. They're another very well-balanced team. All Brock Purdy, the rookie, rookie, has to do is just be a good point guard. Dish the ball out to the athletes on offense. They have a great defense, which is going to keep them in every game. So that's the team I, I probably probably them and the Cowboys are yes. the team I look at the most as that that could be a stumbling block for them. I agree. I agree 100%. Like you said, the 49ers roster is loaded yeah. and so definitely like a scary team. And you can, I feel like when it comes to the Eagles and the Cowboys, you can just never downplay that game. Cause like you said, any event Sunday, you don't know how it's going to play out. What would you say are the Eagles biggest weakness at this point? Well, it, it's tough to, it's tough to think about those right now. I mean, it was, they were giving up a little bit on, on the rush, on the rush, giving up the rush. That's why they, they brought in those two interior linemen. Other than that, they don't have a lot of weaknesses. Now they're stronger in some areas. Their running game is excellent. The pass rush is excellent. You know, so really, I call them let, not really weaknesses, but just not as strong as some other parts of the game. But as I said, any any game can change. All of a sudden, if you start turning the ball over from day one of football, turnovers can kill you. But right now, I would say they're great in a, in in some aspects and really good in other aspects and and good in some i don't think they're really deficient in in any aspect of their team yeah definitely injuries is going to affect any sure. team you know right now like if any position it would probably be maybe like safety but you know we might be getting like cjgj back soon and uh reed blankenship so that's definitely like an area of concern but this team is so stacked i think they're fine regardless i, <laughs> I think the, the the position and and it happened to him last year they got nicked up on the o-line a little bit that's where you need to that continuity of five guys 
and they have a great offensive line, you know, if not the best top three in the NFL. And the good thing is, is they haven't really lost anybody for a long period of time. They'll get nicked up. Dickerson's got nicked up a little bit, but he's in and out, but still playing. You always cross your fingers on Kelsey. He's as tough as they come. But by yes. the end of the season, he's held together by, you know, duct tape and chicken wire. He's listed. <laughs> I, I just did an Eagles game a couple of weeks ago. He's listed at 305. He's nowhere near 305. Uh, uh, I mean, listen, by the end of the season, he's probably 270. You yeah. know, just, just the attrition from the season. But there, there may not be a tougher player in the league, and that guy is going to play through a lot. So that old line being healthy, I think, is one of the huge keys. And it's really a key for anybody. You know, who's the mass unit of the NFL? You know, who's a team that's hurt a lot? The 49ers starting to get nicked up a little bit. So that's something you keep an eye on toward the end of the year going into the playoff. Who's the healthiest? And I want to shift a little bit. So let's talk about mental toughness. Jalen Hurts is definitely like that player. You already touched a little bit earlier about how much he's developed when it comes to just being a passer last year compared to this year. When you look at the MVP race, do you feel that he is a, fr- a clear front runner for MVP? Oh, absolutely. How could he not? I mean, listen, Patrick Mahomes is going to be there every year. It's kind of like LeBron or Michael Jordan, you know, every year. They're in the hunt for something like that. So, in all honesty, sometimes voters look for somebody different. But Mahomes is having a a great year as well after losing a great receiver in Tyreek Hill. And the when you're talking splitting hairs for an MVP, there might be a voter that says, well, Mahomes lost a great receiver and he's still playing great. Jalen Hurts gained a great receiver in A.J. Brown, and maybe that's helping him. So they might put it in Mahomes' corner. But – the, the improvement that Jalen has made, and I loved what he said about it. He said, listen, this isn't rocket science. He says, you have to put the work in. And that's what he did. He puts the work in, in the offseason. Once this team was his, they're building it around him now. He put the work in because what you want to happen at, at any position, but, but mainly at the quarterback position, is you need the game to slow down. And for the game to slow down, you have to speed up your process of learning. Everything. So by the time you're on the field, or by the time you hit the game, the game, the, the the speed of the game, you can handle, you can manage, you know, pre-snap, making your reads a second after the snap, post-snap, you got to know if the defense was disguised and now what are they in? So now where am I going with the ball? He has become very efficient at making those decisions. And then obviously it helps so much that he can run so well that you can make him part of the running game, not just on scrambles, but he can be, you know, the running back in a power, you know, power yeah. run, you know, yeah. I mean, just just a, a, a called run for him. So he's very versatile, but I've been impressed with the work he's put in to help the game slow down for him. That That's one of the most important things you can do. I have a two part question. You spent time playing with Eagles quarter, former Eagles quarterback, Randall Cunningham, right. and he's definitely played, paved the way for modern dual threat quarterbacks, you know, coming behind him like Jalen Hurts. Uh, So my first question is, what do you just remember most about playing with him? And my second part question is, what similarities do you see between him and Jalen Hurts? Well, I mean, Randall, we used to call Gumby because dude was (laughs) tall and lanky, right? And and he could just kind of torque his body any way to avoid a hit or not go down. It's amazing that he was able to do that. His ability as as an athlete, as a quarterback, and then, you know, he progressed so much as a thrower, kind of like Jalen is doing as well, is really impressive. So that's that's one of the things, you know, early in Randall's career, it was like 
Look for a first read, maybe a second read if you don't have it run. And, you know, but that then grew as he was in the league more and understood defenses more. He could hang in the pocket more. So what I like about quarterbacks that can run is when you have to break the pocket and it looks like now, now what's the decision? Hell, if it's man, go ahead and run because the, the DBs are looking at the receivers they're covering. So you probably got a lot of space. If it's zone, now you got to make a, de- a decision. How well can you bait the defense like you're going to run where they're going to come out of their zone and then you can, you know, pop a pass or are you going to run? And I think that's something Randall developed a lot better is instead of read one, read two, run, it was read one, read two, read three, get out of the pocket, still look downfield. Don't just take off because you can still make a big play with your arm if you escape the pocket. It's such an advantage for the offense when the quarterback can escape the pocket because now the defense has to cover longer, stay in their holes on zone a little longer. You tend to drift the longer the play goes on. Uh, so I, I think that's something that Randall learned through time because early on they said, your athletic ability is so good, just take off and run. But he learned to say, you know what? My arm's a weapon too, so I don't have to just run right away. Jalen's had that from the beginning. These quarterbacks now that are coming out of high school and out of college they're learning all this at an early age, all the seven on sevens that go on in high school and then the high school and then college. The NFL has changed to the point where when a, a athletic quarterback comes into the league, they don't say, OK, now you're going to play our NFL system. Forget what you did in college. Now they're saying, OK, we're going to take what you did in college, all your abilities, and we're going to transpose it to the NFL, which is the smart thing to do because they can be so dangerous throwing the ball getting some in some space or running the ball. So it's something that if Randall played in today's game and and, and grew up in this era of the quarterback position, I, I just think of how even much better he, he could have been. Yes. No, for real. And I want to talk about like your longevity of playing in the league. Another player for, uh, for the Philadelphia Eagles, Brandon Graham, is now 34 years old, and he's getting a lot of recognition right now, you know, just for how elite he's playing, especially after coming back from this Achilles injury, um, or comeback player of the year. Can you just talk about, like, your time uh, playing in the year for nine years, like, how big of a deal that is, and um, just for people who may not understand, like, to play at an elite level for that long? So what's, what makes a lot of time in the NFL, so I, I try and put it in a circle for people, Go to the first day of training camp, and that's the top of the circle. And then as soon as you put the pads on and start hitting, you immediately start breaking your body down. So then you go through the whole season with your body breaking down. You make it through, and then you start to to work out in the offseason, and you're coming back to the top of the circle. And what happens is because your body over the years starts to break down, you never make it to the top of that circle again. It's always a little bit lower than a little bit lower where your circle starts. Depending, you know, I had, I think, eight or nine operations, 12 overall. But while I was playing, I think eight or nine, mostly clean outs. We call them oil okay. changes. So they, they weren't awful. But it just takes a toll. The thing now, though, again, with these athletes today, they take much better care of themselves. You know, we ate a lot of garbage out there, but we were running and working out. So we burned it all off. But probably toward the end of my career in 93, 94 area, supplements started to become big taking care of your body, a lot of off-season work, you know, bringing in specials, bringing in chefs, bringing in trainers and all that really has taken off. So guys are treating their bodies a lot better. Now, 
rehabbing from injuries has gotten better over time either. We've learned a lot more of, of how to rehab. We see ACLs come back in seven, eight months sometimes where normally that was guaranteed 12 months or more uh, and, and sometimes even longer than that. So it helps that where we are modern technology wise, but also players understand that and players are taking better care of their bodies, certainly than we did in the 80s and early 90s and, and certainly before us as well. So it all takes part. And then let's be honest, you got to have a little luck, right, to not get hurt. You know, you, you talk about Brandon, he's, he's working off an Achilles, but there are guys that play a long time and never have a major injury. There's a, there's a little luck involved in that as well at times. But for the most part, everything is just better now for the athletes, and they're taking advantage of that as well. Mm -hmm. And you've been really vocal about how even though you played in the NFL for nine years, you're only with Philly for six. Right. And you talk a lot about how like those years were probably the best years of your career. Can you express why Philly was so special? Well, Philly's a great sports town, number one. I mean, it's it's just and I know the fans there can get a, a bad rap sometimes. And <laughs> yeah. and they can get a little aggressive. There's no <laughs> doubt about that. You know, when I played, it was back at the vet when they had the 700 level, when it was a little, little crazy, but they're passionate. And you know what? You got to you play hard. If you play hard, they'll respect you for playing hard there. It's a blue collar town. And they, they loved the way I know that we played. We had a really great defense the years I was there. Um, and I was, I was fortunate just to be part of all these great players, but you just play hard and give a damn, you know, and, and they appreciate that. They certainly want to win and we want to win. Why my years, I think, were the best. Now, understand, my entire career until my last year, 93, was played without free agency. Uh, the first year of free agency was my last year with the Eagles, and I ended up going to Miami after that. Um, so all the guys on our team, you know, when I got there in 87, you couldn't, you weren't able to be a free agent. So a lot of guys, we stayed together for six years. So not only were we really good teammates, we were really good friends, you know, on and off the field. We got to grow in, in that area together because not a lot of players left, you know, and then 11 of us were free agents in 93. Norman Brayman was the owner then. And he was kind of an absentee owner, didn't want to spend any money. They didn't re-sign any of us, all 11, including the biggest name of all, Reggie White. That's when he went to Green Bay. They didn't even try and bring him back. So that was a shame um, that you had an owner that didn't want to really invest in the money when free agency started because that really broke up. We thought 91 was going to be our year where we could really win the Super Bowl. But the first game of that season was when Randall got his knee blown out, you know, against Green Bay. And we were like, oh, my God, tell me that just happened. <laughs> you know, first game. But, yeah, but, but that was, that's the big reason why I think it was because of before free agency. So we all got to stay together for a number of years. I love that. I mean, it's. The, like you said, the, the league has changed so much, but I do think that that's one thing that's super, super cool about how it was back then. Yeah, yeah. See people leave like that. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, and I get it. Listen, it's not like I blame anybody for doing yeah. it. Everybody has their own reasons. But, you know, like most things in life and ours is a world of sports, things change over time. For sure. For sure. But thank you. Thank you. Thank you for taking the time to chat with me. I really appreciate it. To all of our gentle listeners out there, make sure you head over to Cork brianappreciationday.com. Thank you for joining me on behalf of the Gridiron Greats Assistance Fund. It means a lot. Did you want to like shout out anything or plug any anything you're doing right now? No, no, that, that's all good. Just like you said, porkrindappreciationday.com. You can see how you can enter to win money, win pork rinds, and help out 
you know, the gridiron greats uh, and their assistant fund, assistance fund to, to help some of the players, you know, back in the day. That That's really my main focus there. Awesome. Okay. Well, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it. You got it. Thank you.